you gon' do, brother? We about to run wild with a style like no other So somebody call Brodus Clay mother And tell her Richard runs on the men like Ed Lover And Doc Dre, what Scott say, what they Hang on every word like it's something that the rock say No JR, but they talking wrestling We bring the noise with the boys, so we don't encastling So masculine, who's in machismo Mutton chop shop, Gran Turismo No free throws, it's not hoops and heels It's the Ross retirement, give me the super feels Straight shoot, it's real, drop a pipe bomb, get rid of the bull like the rock's right arm So stay calm, tranquilo I'll go Naito and give him destino And we know that you chumps ain't ready for the heartbreak runs And the Cuban Genetti They drop a heavy tag team it like Teddy Long goes strong with the heat like Eddie So steady like when take her off the tight ropes Baz like Taz with the mic and a tight choke Dirtiest player in the game with the eye poke Listen to the Running Wild podcast, and if you don't, you know what you are. I'm the last real man, Silas Young, and if you're any kind of man, you'll be listening to the Running Wild podcast. Hey guys, this is Mandy Leon, and you're listening to the Running Wild podcast. This is Sam Adonis, El Hudo de las Chicas, the CMLL, and you are listening to the Running Wild podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Running Wild podcast. I'm your host, Rich. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Runs. Yes, sir. All right, just uh, just a reminder, we're brought to you in partnership with PWPondings.com, ROHWorld.com, and last word on ProWrestling.com. Uh, we got a big week. Uh, we're going to cover the Glory by Honor pay-per-view that was this weekend, and uh, we'll also a little bit of news and tidbits. Um, pretty excited about this week. Let's, so let's get started right away, jump into it. Glory by Honor took place this past Friday night. Um you know, Glory Honor has been one of the show, one of the like marquee or like names or kind of shows that Ring of Honor has put on for uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, in the past, it's it's been a pretty big event. Uh, what did you think, uh, top to bottom overall? Uh, did this to you measure up to other Glory by Honors and kind of carry on that name and tradition? Well, no, I, I thought that's where you were going here. Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know exactly when it stopped. Um, being a, a marquee show for them, you know, when we first were watching Ring of Honor with, you know, Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness and that kind of stuff, you know, Glory by Honor was a huge deal. Um, but uh, in recent years, it has turned more towards like Supercard of Honor and, you know, Final Battle was always Final Battle, but, you know, a little more emphasis uh, uh, there. But you know, there it's it's tough now because I don't know what shows matter for for Ring of Honor. Like I, I know Supercard is a big deal, but sometimes that's kind of a 
like all-star show um, for them rather than, you know, like a huge marquee show. So, you know, it, it makes it tough uh, as a fan when you're watching to, you know, now it doesn't matter because like WWE, everything is just on Honor Club. So they're all, uh, you know, somewhat equivalent in my eyes. But, um, you know, it makes it tough. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the the problem here is having this show two weeks after having uh, the proper pay-per-view, right? Because if you want to think about it that way, I kind of think of the biggest shows as the ones that are available outside of Honor Club. Right, but how do I even know? Because now I'm just watching Honor Club, so I don't even know what's on. I I think that becomes an issue as well. I mean, they did have a title match. You know, they they had the titles defended and everything like that. So I think that worked out. But there was there is the weird optic that, you know, because they decided not to do the title switch with the television title on pay per view last you know two weeks ago, and instead did it on TV tapings, and you know they're and they're kind of a month behind on those. You end up having this weird situation where Jeff Cobb comes out, and he's a television champion. But we haven't seen it yet, right? But you know, unless you go to roh. dot com, and nobody knows that. And and the thing is that I think is they did a really great job after Best in the World of putting up the 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 world title match from the TV tapings where Lethal won right. the title, and Cobb winning the title. I think is just. Uh, it's not the world yeah. title, right? But it's just as big. No, but it is. So why didn't you put that on there? Put it on. Jeff Cobb is a, is a huge deal right now. Um, you know, definitely. Uh, you know, they say it about everybody, but he's someone that you could legitimately say was, you know, one of the hottest free agents um, in wrestling. So you know, him coming in, him winning the TV title—that's a big enough deal where you put that online so that oh hey we're gonna have this show where he's coming out as the champion let's make sure the majority of our fans uh, know that yeah uh, and you know he didn't defend it i mean i'm actually okay with that because i think i i would have been up here complaining <laughs> that mm-hmm. eli Isom had an earned title shot because that's i i get like that so whatever um how you know it's it was just kind of a it's just weird altogether um and and Brings the show down for me a little a little bit, so let's get into it. However, match by match, uh, I, I thought it started pretty hot. I, I liked the Page versus Taylor match. You know, Page is extremely strong, and you, you can put him up against a big guy like this, and he can, you know, at this point, it's believable that he can hoist these guys up and, and toss them around. You know, guys like the size of Taylor, and uh, I, I've liked Taylor since you know he was teaming up with Keith Lee. Uh, I've liked him the entire time I don't I feel like his use has been inconsistent since he signed with the company so I'm just a little confused about that altogether but I hope to see more of him I mean, you know he he isn't you know he didn't pick up the win here I don't think picking up the win here would have I don't think it was the right move anyway Paige Paige is your guy that I think that at some point you're you know you're sliding into that world title picture within the next year Right, I completely agree with uh, that on Adam Page, but I, you know, I have the opposite viewpoint. Um, you know, with Taylor, I just never really clicked for me, and you know, I guess part of that has to do with the off and on um, booking. But you know, when I see him in the ring, I get more worried. Like, I don't want to see him take the rite of passage. 
in my mind, like he, all his weight's just going to come down, and, and that's the end of him. He he did yeah. a good job taking it, and yeah, yeah. it was fine. But that kind of stuff, I'm just like, oh, like I, I don't want to see you doing moonsaults. I don't want to see you, you know. I, I get it. Like the the big athletic monster is a thing, but I'd rather just see you be a monster. I, I don't need you doing that kind of stuff. It, it honestly takes away some of that mystique. Um, you know, so it, it, where I just, I don't know, I don't want to see, you know, the big guys doing the flips and all that. So, um, you know, that never clicked for me. But um, I, I also just want to preface this by saying, you know, I, I said that the show didn't measure up to like the, the glory by honor name of old, but it, I, it was still a solid show. Oh, yeah, that, um, that's the thing. I you think know, you I, know. I've, I've never really watched any of these Ring of Honor shows that aren't good. Um, you know, I, I we're going to nitpick. We're going to say that we have guys that we don't want to see or want to see in a different spot or this and that. But, you know, overall, they're they're all always uh, they always deliver on these shows. No, they always have a good show. I mean, it's also the type of thing where like, all right, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time is probably SummerSlam 1991. Not because I mean, if, if we if I were 36 in 1991, when I watched that, I'd probably trash talk the entire show and t- tell you what I didn't like and how the wedding wasted too much time and all this other stuff. But as a little kid, you know, I loved it. And, you know, the older Ring of Honor shows, uh, when they were just kind of like this this true independent, I, I think just have a different feel um, and probably place in our hearts altogether. Uh, then uh, Kenny King does not come out for the next match. It's supposed to be King teaming up with Flip Gordon uh, against the kingdom of uh, Vinnie Marsiglia and TK O'Ryan. So with without knowledge of the ending here, um, my whole thing was like, oh, okay, this is a good spot for, for King to no-show, right? He shouldn't want to come wrestle with Flip Gordon. But then I assumed it was going to be him and Flip. Uh, which I was like, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you got a, a kind of guy in Flip who's, you know, getting over, guy in Kenny King who's turning heel. This makes sense. Um, we'll, we'll get to the ending later because I'm sure we have a lot more thoughts. But um, so at this point, I'm like, okay, yeah, this this makes perfect sense. This is fine. This, this was a fine match for what, you know, it's building to or for what it's worth. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Uh... I thought that maybe even I was thinking, you know, Cheeseburger comes out here and he basically gets inserted into the match. This is, you know, something that Ring of Honor has done before. I'm kind of used to it. Todd Sinclair seems to like even odds. So if somebody runs down to ringside and grabs a tag rope, you know, he lets him join the match officially. Uh, so I was fine with that. And, you know, he, he gets he gets the crowd kind of fired up a little bit um, when he comes in. But it's not enough. His show, t- his show tickets blocked, and uh, you know the then they have the house of a, a thousand horses finishes them. Uh, so the kingdom picks up the victory. Um, I think that's the right move here. I, I didn't think that uh, Cheeseburger and Gordon should win, especially because, uh, well, like you said, I kind of thought that King was going to come out. Maybe I thought he might cost them, or or just stand on the ramp and smile, or you know, kind of be like, that's why I didn't come out. Some something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But we get that later. Anyway, moving along, then we had Cobb versus Eli Isom. Uh, we spoke about Cobb uh, being the television champion, uh, you know, and not winning that on TV. Uh, pretty, you know, this was what I thought it was going to be. Um, 
it was good for what it was, right? I mean, you Isom was never going to beat him, but they're really pushing this guy, and I don't know. I I like his energy. Uh, I think he's good in the ring. I I think he's good. He's a good like classic like young white meat baby face. Like he's like what WWE I think in some ways tried to do with my via when they brought him in, but the fans aren't hating on it. Like, they're like, oh, this guy's pretty good, and they they I think they're kind of enjoying it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, I I I laugh to myself when when Isom is around because you know any show that I ever go to, he's there. Um, so it's it's like a funny, ironic thing for me. Um, I don't really know how I feel when he wrestles because it's always just in those undercard spots. Or, um, but like you said, this was a nice spot for him. There was obviously just. This was a showcase for Cobb, and he was going to throw him around, and he did just that. Um, Isom had, you know, his moments, and it was a good match for both of them. Uh, Jeff Cobb looks great, and, you know, we, we move on from there. <laughs> totally agreed. Uh, then we had uh, the Briscoes. Uh, so this is another match that we have where the champions are not defending, and... Again, actually, I'm okay with that here because I didn't feel like, you know, the bouncers had earned the title shot. So, you know, that worked out for me. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think what maybe kind of sullied this a little bit was I think the team that could have been challenging next and that ends up being on TV is Coast to Coast. You know, they had been undefeated basically for since... Since they beat War Machine, since War Machine left. So it's been almost a year or something close to that. Yeah, the they got delayed because Shaheem Ali got injured and was in a car accident. Uh, so he was out for a while. And then they came back. They were on TV. They got the title shots that we'll see in the coming weeks. But they ended up, they're in Germany now on a tour. So this would have been the spot for me to see them, you know, defend here. Or get them get a chance against the Briscoes. Instead, we got the bouncers, but you know, this—they uh, gave this time more time than I thought we'd see from this, and I—I kind of liked it. I mean, by the end, they—they kind of break some, you know, crack some beers and, and, and just have a couple. I—I I was waiting for some kind of attack, but you didn't actually get that. They just—it was like the Briscoes were like, "Yeah, that was a good brawl, man. Like that was fun. Let's have some beers." And I—I I don't know. I—I I like that. I. I wouldn't say that the bouncers are my, are my favorite team in right, the division. And, and I think that's right. And I mean, clearly I watched not a second of this. Um, so, but that's like, these are two heel teams uh, whose styles are, or not lifestyles are basically the same, right? Like they're just, they just drink, they just work hard, whatever, have some fun, do this, do that, whatever it is. But, you know, four physical big brutes. Uh, it, it makes sense that afterwards it's just like, hey, yeah, okay. Yeah. You kicked our ass, we kicked yours. Now let's just go drink it out. Uh, so, yeah, um, perfect use of everyone involved. I could obviously go without ever seeing the bouncers, but oh. I'll just accept them being there. <laughs> we, have, we have different viewpoints. But, no, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, uh, it was good for what it was. Uh, then we had Maurice Girl versus Hurricane Helms. Uh, so this is the third installment of this match. They've kind of had this hero-villain feud. Uh, 
I did buy a print of a pretty sweet, uh, basically it was a, the Punisher's first appearance in Spider-Man, but it's Skrull and Hurricane Helms. Uh, I actually got the, it signed by both of them. But despite the fact that I love the artwork, I was not a fan of this match. Uh, I don't understand. It's the rubber match, right? I Unless this well, is going further, quite. like... You assumed going into it that it's the third match, that this is the one there. <laughs> and for some reason, you got a ref bump, you get like a no contest or a double disqualification. Um, because basically, uh, we, the, the ref gets knocked out, then another ref comes down who, then on commentary, was kind of questioned, like, who is this ref? Is he even a ref? Like, for real? Yep. He gets choke slammed, and then the match gets thrown out, and then you have. Um, I did like the beginning though, where Paige is up front, dressed as Squirrel, and then suddenly you know like you've got like you think it's Squirrel, and then suddenly there, Helms gets attacked in ring, and it, and it's uh, Squirrel, and then you get the reveal that Paige is on the stage. I thought that was good, but then at the end, I I don't understand why Squirrel needed any help afterwards uh, to beat him up. And then Paige doesn't strike me as that like heel at this point. And then they unmask him. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, they <clears throat> announced the fourth one was going to happen on TV. So, um, you know, there's that. But this was, uh, you know, one of the matches going into this card that I was like, oh, this will be, you know, a cool, fun match. Marty's awesome. Him and Hurricane, you know, I know they have this little feud thing going, so. Uh, that'll be great, but Hurricane doesn't look the greatest in the spandex. It's it's a little rough, um, so like takes away from you know a little bit of that character. Uh, now he's kind of like the comic book like out of shape superhero, um, you know. So that's not the greatest, um, but I guess we'll uh, see where this goes on on the TV taping. Well, so I think what you're talking about, I'm not sure. You mean that? At the taping that happened, or is happening today? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I know that the, they had the, the second one was just recently on ROH TV last right, week. And then they said so, it was going to be my God, another uh, one on the next one to uh, to settle it. Because now it's one one one, I guess. All right. Well, yeah. I guess we're along for the ride. I'm not really a fan. I'd like to get out at this point, but let's see what happens. The next match I thought was uh, just unfortunately not good. Uh, you had Sumi Sakai and Dr. Britt Baker versus Jenny Rose and Stella Gray. These tag matches, man. Like, why not just have Sumi Sakai defend against one of these three? Like, I don't. Just how long is she going to be around? How long is she going to be the champion? Make her just defend it all the time. Like, like she's wrestling. Let her just wrestle one on one, defend the belt, and make the belt more meaningful. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the best that could be said here is uh, I thought that Rose had some good stretches with Sakai and with Baker, uh, but it just overall didn't work for me. Uh, you, you know, you, and you end up having Sakai and Baker uh, a, a Baker win. Uh, you could have maybe even had. Baker and Sakai had some issues as a team, mm -hmm. and then you know, Rose and Gray win the match, and now you know, Sakai is going to defend against Baker at some point. But like, it, what's weird is 
Sakai teams up with these people who could be challengers, and then nothing, like, they just win. And then that's it. So I, I don't know. I, I need more. Uh, then we get Bully Ray coming out. Uh, I mean, a new one. He he doesn't even let Bobby Cruz basically uh, introduce him as he's coming out. Tells him to shut up. He's yelling at all the fans. He's uh, yelling at Riccaboni and uh, yelling at uh, Cabana and talking trash. <coughs> so we find out it's a no DQ match against Jonathan Gresham. Man, I mean, I I, I really like Gresham. He he can just. He got me so much more interested in this match than I thought I was going to be. Um, he does the he does all the little things. Uh, you know, he's not like a dude who just grabs a chair and like swings it a thousand times. So like he made this like he wrestled his style in a no DQ match. You know, so like let me go outside and and, and take advantage of the fact that there's no count and like you know use the barricades more and, and just things like that which were believable for like his style that he's not going to come out there and just go crazy uh, i did not like the end unfortunately i did i i just the low blow thing we're not supposed to like it so maybe that's successful but i just did not i was not a fan of that right i mean you know i think that's the point they're just trying to make you absolutely hate Bully Ray. Uh, Gresham was a good use of that. And yeah, I, I completely liked, um, you know, what you were saying uh, about how he, you know, stuck to his own style and it wasn't just, all right, hardcore match. So now here we go. Um, so, you know, that was good. Um, you know, Gresham has continued to improve. And, you know, we've always said that, you know, he just kind of needed uh, more of a character and more of a personality, a backstory. So now he's getting that. He's getting to show um, more of that personality, more of that, uh, you know, color, um, just, you know, character building wise. And it's definitely helping because in the ring, it was never a problem. Like, who does Bully, at this point, Bully Ray's got issues with Gresham. He's got issues with Gordon. He's got uh, issues, like with issues with Flip Dunn. Like, I, I don't know. Like, we, we move on. Every show, you know, and because now all these shows are on Honor Club, you're seeing them all, and it's noticeable, like, all right, well, now he's feuding with Colt. Okay, these next two, he's not, or Colt's not around. Now, oh, now we're back to Colt, and now it's Flip while he's not around, and then it's not Flip, and now it's Gresham and Isom, and I get it, he's kind of feuding with, right, he's feuding with all those undercard kind of guys. Um, but now what? Like, what's what's the payoff to this if it wasn't, Cabana getting the uh, the shine. If it's not Flip getting the shine, then who is the person to come out and stop him? I, I there's gonna be. If I'm, I think I'm right about this. I think there's a match where Gordon's gonna be able. Gordon's gonna be back, and he's gonna have. A, I believe like he, there's gonna be some sort of match where. He's going to be able to decide a future match with him. Uh, I think, yeah. like he he's going to be able to pick the kind of match they have. So, so he does like a TLC match or something. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe it ends up being Gordon and Bully at Final Battle. I mean, it makes the most sense. You know, Gordon's yeah. young and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow we see Tommy Dreamer coming at some point. Uh, then we had the ROH six-man ti- uh, tag title match. 
You got the Bullet Club, Cody and the Young Bucks defending against SoCal Uncensored. Uh, Dan the team of uh, Christopher Daniels, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky. Before the match really starts, we get a commercial for Cody and Kaz's cigar company, American Rebel. Uh, I wasn't... I don't know why this bothered me so much. I, I don't like it. See, I, I didn't mind it. Like I thought it was funny. I got it. But, like, this was, oh, they're not the last match, so we're going to do the end of the show yeah. before the end of the show. Um, and that was just like, all right, we don't have to do this every show, guys. You know, if they're ending the show and, and they give a speech and send the crowd home happy, all right, great. But you're a bigger company than just an act, you know, Um so I don't think they need that every single show, and I think it takes away from, you know, when they do give that speech or, or that sort of thing. So I'd rather not see that every show, especially when it's not uh, the main event. Yeah, if it's um, dark. You know, like when Marty was, like, singing uh, Backstreet Boys, right. I was hyped, yo. Like, I had such a good time when that happened. Uh, I'm not even joking when I say it's, like, one of my favorite moments from being at a wrestling show that an entire right. room full of dudes watching wrestling are now singing, you know, Backstreet Boys. But I don't want to see that on TV. Right. The, Before a match. Yeah. The, the match itself I thought was good, though. Um, never thought, however, that Sokal was going to win here. Uh, I think they're, I still think, that, you know, they go into final battle, title lists, and then something happens. Because, you know, even after the match, they were kind of talking about, uh, commentary was talking about how you know, SoCal's got this like kind of countdown till after final battle, and and then interestingly enough, Cabana kind of I believe made the comment like that SoCal still did these terrible things, and that Jokov shouldn't really go back on it. So I feel like the only way that they stay is by winning titles, and that has to happen in a final battle if it's going to happen. Right, and didn't I don't know when it was, but isn't it uh, the Briscoes, the Bucks, and SoCal at some point? I thought they mentioned that as a title match. I've been talking. I, I've been thinking that that was going to be the uh, like a ladder war or something uh, at final right. battle, but I'm not sure if that's officially been announced yet. Maybe it's happening. Soon. They were talking. They they said something. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I could, wouldn't just make that up. No, so. yeah, it could be a global um, wars maybe because they they're going to have uh, what is it four shows? Yeah, they're going to have four shows. Uh, in like uh, a month, so. All right, uh, moving along. Then we have, this, so, this is where I think things get a little confusing. Anyway, Taven and the Kingdom come out. Taven claims to be the real world, cha world champion. He's got his belt. I mean, I like the segment overall, but if the next match is lethal, I mean, why don't you have like? Why isn't Lethal pissed off? Yeah, and the this this stretch, like you said, makes just no sense. Um, again, like the Taven promo, like the belt, like the whole thing. But why is it before the World Title match? Why is he not like then just on commentary at least afterwards? Um, and then he doesn't come out for the whole champion talk at the end, right? Um, I don't know. A lot of it was uh, very confusing. So Lethal, Lethal and Young have 
wrestled quite a bit. Heading into it, uh, in singles, they're like completely even. And uh, I thought the promo work before the match was, you know, that they showed us from Leith. I had seen it already on social media, but Silas kind of really driving home the point that he's kind of had Lethal's number. Lethal basically saying he's con- kind of concerned because he thinks this is a legitimate, legitimate challenger here that he's kind of had a problem with in the past. We spoke about this a while ago, but this whole idea that Lethal had been on a redemption tour and Silas is the last one he needed to get. And throughout, because, you know, and the the problem that I have with that is like Lethal is so much better than Silas that that number is is bullshit. Like, oh yeah, you know, they're even great, but nobody believes that they're actually even. Like, they're not even competitors. They're not on even levels of the company like i don't know you know what i mean it's not like a an actual even rivalry it's still one-sided in my mind i don't care what the record books say i mean yeah you know look, there there are some stretches where the jets beat the patriots uh quite a bit but i don't think we really say that the jets are better than the patriots uh at least in our lifetime yeah i guess but like it's that's not presented as like an even rivalry it's presented as like a rivalry, but okay. you know that the I Patriots it. dominate. You know, it's not like, oh, well, uh, the the Patriots are a little bit nervous about the Jets this week. That doesn't happen. Like, Lethal should not say he's nervous about Silas. Like, it, it just, I don't know. So that annoys me. But, yeah, they, they have good chemistry. They have yeah. good matches. This was one of them. It was fine. I, I enjoyed it. There was never a doubt. Um, but then after... Um, it, it just all went to shit. Um, Cody coming out, fine. Okay. He wants belts. He, all this kind of stuff. No problem. He's been winning. He's earned, uh, you know, to be in that conversation. He hasn't had a title shot in a while. Um, so that's fine. But then Kenny Kane comes out. And I get it. He didn't come out for the tag match. He's too big for that. He has bigger fish to fry. But I, the promo was not good. Um, nobody, you know, this has been the problem that I've been saying with King for a little bit, and I love the guy, but he's not connecting with the crowd. And I get it. You know, you turn him heel. Hopefully he gets that reaction, but he's not at the moment. Um, a feud like Flip is something that could help bring him up a mm-hmm. little bit, um, get a better crowd reaction for this moment. Um, I don't think he was ready for it. I don't think... Um, his push has been good enough uh, since coming back. You're just in the middle of this heel turn. Uh, I don't know. It didn't make sense. I didn't like the promo. Uh, kind of, kind of threw everything off. Yeah, <laughs> it was Cody coming out makes sense, you know. Uh, but it's lethal. Actually, said like his reaction to Cody. Then King was like. All right, Cody, I got you. King, what are you doing here? <laughs> Which I don't think really helps. Because he's just like, yo, this is not how you go about stuff, bro. And it it, it doesn't, I don't know. So, and, so- and again, that's that like, you know, you're, you're a heel. You're, you're overstepping your bounds here. You're too cocky. You're this and that. But that's not what we've seen. Yeah, completely from Kenny King since he comes back. If you know Kenny King and you know his history, 
you know that's the kind of guy he is. Um, but we haven't really seen that side of him since he's come back and he's been a face and he's been winning. And I I don't know, man. It, it's, it was really strange. Uh, they sold it as being really strange. The crowd didn't sell it. They, nobody cared. Not a good segment. Yeah, it was a weird way to end the show. It, it It's confusing as to why... Like, okay, why is Taven, why why don't you have... What the hell? Yeah. Where, all right, so, like, yeah, why, I get it, he comes out before then so that he doesn't have to come out afterwards, but why wouldn't he come out afterwards? He should have come out afterwards, that's when he should come out. Like, it just makes no sense, you haven't come out afterwards, join these three guys, uh, I don't, maybe you want to keep them separate, but at this point... <laughs> then, then he should have come out with the kingdom in the second match and ha- cut that promo. Then, yeah. don't give like give him a reason to be out there instead of just coming out there right before. Let him, if, like I said, if he's on commentary after that promo, it's completely fine. Okay, he came out, got a promo. Now he's on commentary talking shit, but nothing. So, really, really strange setup. And you know, give them credit for like you have other shows in between and keeping some guys separate, but. This was not the time. This was not the place. Bad promo, bad segment, really confusing. Yeah, um, we'll see how, you know, obviously the tapings will tell us something about what they're doing going forward. Then we have the glory. uh, No, I'm sorry. This was glory by honor. Um, Let me try to check. But we'll have the, (coughs) I believe it's Global Wars uh, tour is going to be going on next month. So that'll be a kind of the next big set of shows they have before Final Battle. Also, I believe if I don't know if you heard this, I mean if you heard this too, it seems like they're going to be airing some of the Cruise of Jericho. Yeah, he mentioned that. So I, I thought that was going to be like completely not, like that wasn't going to be really tied to Ring of Honor. They have the Sea of Honor tournament, but I thought we were just going to hear about it. Ring of Honor is there, whether they're officially there or not. They're they're strongly uh, represented. But I also think that Jericho is a very smart person. And um, whether he or whether Ring of Honor reached out and said, yo, uh, can we put this on Honor Club? I think it would be dumb for him to turn down or you know not try to uh, maximize his profit there. So it uh, makes perfect sense. I'm really glad because I'm super intrigued uh, to see how this looks and uh, how this is all set up and presented. So, uh, you know, that's a cool addition uh, if, if that's, you know, definitely the case. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> there actually, that's, this is the thing that's happening. Uh, then, so, actually, I got ahead of myself. They're going to have a, a number of, I mean, at least we'll, we'll see it on, we'll see these shows coming up Actually, on Honor Club, I would assume. You're going to have a show in Pittsburgh, Steel City Excellence. Um, then the next night. So, you know, they cut for Survival of the Fittest to one night. But it, it's not, for me, it's not really one night because you have the show before. You're just not calling it Survival of the Fittest night one and night two. Yeah. But I do like the idea that Survival of the Fittest tournament will be just on one night. And... uh 
you know, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, who we've seen a lot in Evolve, has been announced as being in Survival of the Fittest tournament. I'm um, kind of excited about that. I mean, I think he's a good fit for Ring of Honor in terms of, like, just... He can have some good matches. I, I'd like to see him versus Gresham, or... I think he can have some good technical battles. Uh, hopefully he comes in with some fire. I hope it's not one of these things where, like... Uh, maybe it was two years ago, Jax Dane got announced for the shows, and they kind of made a big deal about it, and then he really wasn't around afterwards, so I hope that's not the case. I mean, if you're, they're also bringing in Adam Everett for the uh, for the tournament. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I was um, uh, a hell of a lot more excited uh, to hear that Andrew Everett was coming back and, uh, and instead of uh, Tracy Williams, but um, you know, Williams makes a lot of sense. Um, so it will be interesting to see, like you said, some of the matchups that uh, are going to be presented to him in, in Ring of Honor. And so that should be cool. Um, we'll we'll see how that develops. And, you know, good luck to him. But, uh, yeah, Andrew Everett is, is, you know, a guy that has tagged with Trevor Lee. He's been an impact. He's, he's been all over. So um, I, I enjoy his work uh, quite a bit. And so this will be uh, another nice spot for him. Um, you know, good luck to, to both of them, and hopefully, um, you know, this leads to more things with uh, Ring of Honor for them in the future. And just just to kind of put this in perspective, Ring of Honor schedule at the beginning of of November is absolutely nuts. You have on a, on October on November third, Steel City Excellence. On a, on November fourth, Survival of the Fittest. Three days later. You have Global Wars starting, and the first show is in Maine. The next night, you have them in Lowell. The next night, they're in Buffalo. And then two nights later, they're in Toronto. And right now, they're all listed. They're listed as ROH on tour shows. Uh, so they're not, I don't, they're not even proper pay-per-views. Usually one of the four shows is like the bigger one, and they have that one on pay-per-view. They're not doing that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. They haven't really made a lot of announcements about who's going to be there. Um, Being tour shows, I'm assuming all four of them are automatically on Honor Club, correct? Yeah. Right, so but that's... I, don't, I don't even know that they need to do... Um, a pay-per-view, uh, you know. It's six shows. In, it's six shows in eight days. Well, well yes, that is uh, <laughs> a lot. But you know, that's that's how wrestling goes sometimes. And you know, you, you deal with those two weeks and those paydays, and then you recoup for a little bit. Yeah, it's just pretty crazy. I mean, it's kind of kind of a brutal stretch. So it, it'll be interesting. Like I think some of the reasons for maybe King coming out and and some of the things that we're not understanding might be because of the fact that they have to they're gonna have to do something on these shows. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, one hundred percent. And and you know, I do get that that you know they're creating, um, they're trying to create some guys and some stars, but. You know, you can't rush everything. And so I just don't think that was the, the spot or the moment for, for King. And so, um, you know, that that's my issue. I have no problem with them trying it, but it just didn't work out. Completely agree. Um... Um, you know, one, one reason uh, also maybe why they're doing this um, has been being touched on a lot in being the elite uh, recently. 
and uh, I don't, I'm not sure what you said earlier, if you did or didn't, but um, this past week, uh, you had uh, obviously the, the ticking clock continuing, but then there were also like notes uh, slid under Kenny Omega's door about like a spot in the rumble or um, he was like, ah, who wants that? And then it was like, oh, well, what about a match with AJ? And he was like, hmm, I'll, I'll keep that one in the back pocket. Um, so that, whatever, interesting. Um, and then uh, there was reports about um, somebody like New Japan Management um, backstage is kind of like taking the fun out of New Japan and that sort of thing. And so now guys who... Um, were considering WWE or considering it even more because now if the fun is taken out of that, then the pay of WWE is a lot more alluring um, and where guys who even were never considering WWE are apparently considering it. Um, so I think that ties in heavily um, with all of this contracts and um, being the elite stuff. And then you even had Cody um, on like the New Japan press conference. I'm not sure if it was after or whatever, but he, somebody, he, somebody asked a question, whatever. And he was like, you know, um, will we end up in WWE one day? You know, it's, that's pretty possible, but for now, so I don't know. They're, they're just saying a lot of things, you know, and I get it. They may be doing this on purpose to, to just fool everybody, but uh, they never really go full out like this. Um, so it's weird. There are a lot of circumstantial things that may point to it or may help push it in that direction. But, man, um, I'm, it's starting to feel a little bit like it's a real possibility that at some point, um, Cody, the Bucks, Kenny will will end up, uh, you know, in WWE. <sighs> I just. I love Ring of Honor. Um if Cody and the Bucks are not on that super show, that G1 Supercard of Honor, uh, which is a mad, I mean, I think in some ways, like, they helped sell it out, you know? And this idea that they're... In some ways? They're not going to be there. Uh, I hope it's just this... I hope it's just a really well-done, super long tease... Well, and think about it, they've never been advertised for that show because of their contracts. Um, so, you know, it's it's not out of the question, um, I don't think. Yeah. All right, well, uh, that's a lot of ROH stuff. I just, I'm going to briefly mention this in the show because I'm pissed off about it. I don't care. Uh, Shawn Michaels, what are you doing to me? You promised me you weren't coming back. I don't know. I, I'm not really super excited to, to see that he's coming back and teaming up with Triple H, Chad, Crown Jewel. Well, I mean, now let's just just break this down a little bit. I understand completely. Um, we were at his last match, so that is why it is so, um, you know, close to home. However, um, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia asked to, to see this match. Um Maybe now with recent events, that's not such a uh, acceptable thing anymore. Um, whether or not the show even happens is still 
in question. There is a lot of pressure on them, I believe, uh, to kind of not have the show, which is kind of crazy. And I don't know which backlash is worse, um, like having the show or not having the show. Um, I also am actually a little scared for, I always am a little nervous for these kinds of shows because crazy things happen in, in those countries and not trying to generalize everything. No, yeah. But as we see with recent events, um, you know, crazy things happen. Um, so they're always a little nerve wracking now, even more so with, you know, a little hostility going on or whatever the case, um, you don't want to see anything happen to anybody. Uh, so hopefully if they do go, everything is smooth and everything goes well. And hopefully if they don't, then they made the right decision uh, on their end and saw that it wasn't worth it. Um, but so who knows if that match happens? However, it's in Saudi Arabia. We can't go. It's impossible for us to go there and watch this match. So I can't even be upset. It's not like, oh, you're wrestling in Florida. Like, no. fuck you, man. It, uh, he's wrestling in Saudi Arabia. Somebody asked to watch it. Uh, I can't be too upset. If he wrestles at WrestleMania after this, hopefully we'll be there because it's in New York. So I'm still accepting of it. Um, you know, it'll be cool to see him in the ring. It'll be really interesting. He's been away for a while. I know he's you know, back training at NXT, and I'm sure he's gotten in there, taking some bumps, etc. But, you know, it'll be interesting. Listen, my wife goes to Saudi Arabia and cheats on me. She's still breaking a promise. HBK, you told me you retired. You told me you weren't coming back. You kept saying, made a big deal. He made a huge deal about, like, I'm not going to be that dude. I'm not that dude who's and coming he back. he hasn't for 10, 15 years. Keep that he, promise, he's bro. He's turned down every match possible. But you accept a teaming with Triple H against Undertaker and Kane? Bro, I can guarantee you that the guy from Saudi Arabia paid millions to get this match. And I'm sure Sean and Hunter are getting a nice cut of that. Otherwise, I don't think they would be flying to Saudi Arabia to put on this show or the match. Am I going to be upset about that? No! I thought he was more... Good, go get this payday. You're in Saudi Arabia. It's impossible for anyone in America to go there. Uh, okay, cool. Then nobody in the world except for some Saudi Arabian people who have, haven't watched wrestling since SmackDown in 2008 are watching Shawn Michaels' match. Oh, well. The only way I'm okay with this is if before the match, Marjanity comes out, tosses Shawn Michaels through a barbershop window, because the Saudi audience will probably be it's, like pop huge for that. It's not like he went to to TNA like Ric Flair and is having a whole second run. Yeah, well, that... if one match in Saudi Arabia, you'll get over it. All right, but if it happens, if more than this happens, I I'm burning. We'll my... just have to be there for WrestleMania for his last one. I, it is what it is. I'm gonna be like that super angry fan from uh, Major League Two and and boo the crap out of him. These circumstances couldn't have lined up any better. If this show doesn't really count. If it continues, it'll be at WrestleMania in our backyard. It gives us a shot, man. We'll, we'll still be there for the last one. So, you know, we'll be all right. All right. Well, I think that uh, really uh, WWE had kind of a... I mean, that to me is like the biggest news kind of of the week for them. Uh there yeah. were everything else is pretty much been the same. Yeah, not really. Uh, not really a lot of movement on that Richter scale. So 
we're just going to kind of, I think, wrap up now. Uh, we've got some football going up. So I uh, just want to remind you guys, you guys can follow us on Twitter at RunningWildLWOS. We are now over on Podbean. Uh, please uh, share that out with everyone. Send us an email over at RunningWildPodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Rich underscore Laconi, where I put up weird things like what house I'm sorted into from Pottermore and other wrestling stuff along with Lucha Libre that um, good old Jeffrey never wants to talk about. Uh, shout out to Big Mike Elgin uh, winning uh, the CMLL uh Big, uh, big world tournament they had over there, the Grand Prix. Uh, so it seems like he might be doing some stuff down there uh, for the foreseeable future. But we'll talk about that next week. So I want to remind you guys that you've been listening to the podcast. That is just too sweet. For Rich Enruns, this is the host of Ring of Honor Wrestling, Ian Riccoboni, signing off. Be sure to join them next week for another episode of the Running Wild Podcast.